You're listening to a sermon preached at First Baptist Church in Farwell, Texas. We are committed to loving God, loving people, and going into the world to share the gospel. We pray you find this message both challenging and encouraging. This morning we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bible, I want to invite you there. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. This is the sixth week in our series we have entitled Our Father. It's looking at the Lord's Prayer. And we have talked about the gift in the Lord's Prayer. It starts out at the very beginning, the gift that we have been given to call the creator of the world our Father, our Daddy. He, that's who He is. He is our Daddy. He is our Father. The second week that, uh, in, this, in this series, uh, we talked specifically about putting first things first. We talked also the third week about, about how, how God provides for us. And then in the fourth week, the freedom that we can experience from forgiveness. And last week, the protection of prayer. In this week, I want to talk to you about the power of praise in our prayer. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning, the power of praise in our prayer. I'm going to spend some time in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, but I'm also going to spend some time in Psalm 147 and Psalm 47. All right, now I'm going to do my best not to get those mixed up, but Psalm 147 and Psalm 47, I love the Psalms. If you've heard me teach uh, more than twice, you've probably heard me make that reference. I love spending time in the Psalms. If I was, if I was forced to an island to live all by myself, and I was only given two books to take with me, I would take the book of Romans, and I would take the book of Psalms. Romans to to continue to teach me about theology and Psalms to teach me about who God is and what I can do with my hurts, what I can do with my celebrations, what I can do with my joys, what I can do with my difficulties. Psalms is a rich, rich book to teach us how to handle everyday life. So we're going to spend some time and those three areas, Matthew chapter 6, Psalm 147, and Psalm 47, and a couple of other places, and I'll do my best to, to give you a heads up of where we are at. Matthew chapter 6, uh, let's dive in once again. Matthew chapter 6 uh, in verse 9, um, listen to what Jesus says. Jesus, Jesus is teaching us how to pray, therefore... You should pray like this, our Father, this is the, there's the great gift, our Father, being able to call the creator of the world, our Father, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In some translation, the New American Standard, the New, Amer- uh, New King James Version, adds this at the end of verse 13. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
It closes with a doxology, a praise to God. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father, I pray that you would teach us from your holy word this morning. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God, would you help us to see the power of giving you praise, not just in song, but even in our prayer. May we, may we always be praising you in our prayer. May we see the great benefit of that here in our text, and may we practice it and see it even in our life. It's in your son's precious and holy name I pray. Amen. And let me spend just a few moments uh, before we really get into the text talking about uh, why some translations have the, the tagline on 13 and some do not. Uh, in some uh, translations, uh, the Lord's Prayer closes with what is commonly called the doxology. It's this, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you read from the NIV, the CSB or the ESV, you're not going to find that tagline, the doxology, uh, in, at the end of verse 13. Now, if you, find, if you read from the New American Standard Translation or the New King James Version or the King James Translation, you will find that tagline at the end of verse 13, but it is marked. It is either in brackets or there is a, uh, there is a mark there to let you know that that tag is not in the earliest manuscripts, meaning this, that, that the earliest manuscripts that translators have been able to find, archaeologists have been able to find of God's Word, that tagline was not in those earliest, uh, earliest manuscripts. There are many, many highly educated biblically conservative scholars who hold to the inspiration of Scripture who believe that this last part was added by Jewish custom some 400 to 600 A.D. Now, it would be wrong to assert that it would be wrong uh, to add this to the end of the Lord's Prayer. It's not, it's not unbiblical. It's just that, that the, uh, the translators, the, those that, that look at, at the manuscripts, have not been able to find that tagline in the earliest manuscripts to the Lord's Prayer. But they have found it in many other places. And, and Jewish custom was, as they would pray, they would close all of their prayers with this doxological statement. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Listen, this verse is a joyous declaration of the one praising the Father. For yours is the kingdom, God. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. And this doxology is a model of a, of a heart response of one who enters into the Lord's prayer. And this morning, I want to give you three very practical reasons for learning to praise our Father when you pray. When you pray, three practical reasons to learn to praise God when you pray. And listen, no matter where you're at in your walk with Christ, whether you are a brand new baby Christian or you've been a Christian for a long, long time, if you will learn to praise God 
in your prayer, I can assure you it will gloriously transform your life. Oftentimes, our prayers become very rote, and we forget that there is so much. There is an, 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 a, 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 just a, a deep ocean of praise that we can give to God, and when we do, it will gloriously transform our life. So point number one is this. I want you to get this. Praise is pleasant to our Father. Point number one, praise is pleasant to our Father. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 147, verse 1. 147, verse 1. Look at what it says. You can follow along on the screen if you didn't bring your copy of God's Word. Listen to what it says. Hallelujah. Literally, that word hallelujah means to celebrate, to praise. Hallelujah, how good it is to sing to our God. Now watch this, for praise is pleasant and lovely. For praise is pleasant and lovely. Listen, praise to God is pleasant. Now, this includes singing without any doubt. This this includes singing, but it's not limited to singing alone. Praise is giving honor that is due Him. Praise glorifies Him for who He is and for what He has done. You can praise God with with singing absolutely, but you can also praise God with just your, your, your spoken word through prayer. You can praise God with how you manage the resources that He has given you. You can can praise Him by by being a good manager of of your family, of your financial resources, of the career, of the education opportunities that God has given you. You can praise Him in all of those areas. You can praise God with your obedience to His commands. You can praise God in prayer, and you can literally never run out of words. You will never exhaust words to praise God with. The pastor I had the opportunity to serve with for many years told me a story of when he was a little boy. He was, he was uh, a young teenager, and, and they had just sat down for lunch. I think he said it was a Sunday afternoon meal, and, uh, and, they, and the family was around, and his mom began to pray. And as she prayed, she began to praise. And as she began to praise, she continued to praise. And praise and praise. And, and Donnie, the pastor I'm talking about, said his, his belly began to rumble and he was, he was hungry. And all he could think about was the warm food that was in front of him that he was waiting to eat. But yet his mom continued to pray. And he said this, as soon as she, she said amen, he said, Mom, have you not talked to God all day long? <laughs> Don't recommend you doing that, kids. Listen, you, 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 you can't exhaust the words to praise God with. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wondered why God thinks our praise is pleasant to Him? Why why is it that our praise is is pleasant to Him? God isn't lacking in praise from his creation, not, not humanity, but he's not, he's not lacking in, in praise. So, so why is our praise pleasant to him? Listen, everything that God has created, he created it to worship him. Look, look just one chapter over. If you're in Psalm 147, look at Psalm 148. Psalm 148, just I want you to see the praise that is, 
that is given to God, the instruction to praise. Hallelujah. There it is again, literally, praise. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the gates. Praise Him, all the angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly armies. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, highest heavens. Praise Him, shining stars. Praise Him, highest heavens. And your waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. You see what the psalmist is saying? Those things that God commanded, they were created, and they have one job to do, and that is to praise their Creator. So we go back to the question, God isn't absent of being praised. So why is our praise, His creation, humanity, mankind, why is our praise pleasant to Him? All of creation is a grand, glorious praise chorus going on at this moment that we can't even see. You know the highest occupation of the angels? I think often we think the highest occupation of the angels is to protect us, but it's not. The highest occupation of the angels is to praise God. Listen, God's not absent of being praised. So again, our Father's not lacking. So why is it pleasant for Him to hear our praise? The very word worship comes from the old English word worth-ship. The way you praise God reveals His worth to you. Let me say that again. The way you praise God reveals His worth to you, to Him. The way you praise God shows God what He is worth to you. Let me ask you this. If you were to count your blessings and, and you were to give the author of those blessings praise, who would get the honor? Who would get the praise? You are God. Let me say it again. If, if you were to count your blessings, if you were just to add up all the blessings in your life, and you were to give the author of those blessings praise, who would, who would win out? Who, who would get more praise? You or God? Listen, if we are lacking in God-directed praise, then we are either giving praise to the wrong author or we are failing to count our blessings, and both reveal God has little worth in our life. Praise is pleasant to our Father. He is more than worthy of our worship and praise. Number two, I want you to know this. No, 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 this. Not, not only is praise pleasant to our Father, but write this down. Number two, praise inspires awe in our spirit. Praise inspires awe in our spirit. And this is huge. This has dividends. This this is an investment for days to come. Praise inspires awe in our spirit. Now turn over to Psalm 
147. Not 147, but Psalm 47. I want you to see. I want you to see. This is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful psalm. Psalm chapter 47, verse 1 and 2. Psalm 47, verse 1 and 2. Look at the instruction. Clap your hands, all you peoples. Not not just some of you. All you peoples, shout to God with a jubilant cry. There's two instructions. Clap your hands. Shout to God with a jubilant cry. Watch this. For the Lord, this is the why. Here's, Here's why we should follow those two instructions. Why? Because the Lord, the Most High, is awe inspiring. God inspires awe of God. That's what he's saying here. For the Lord, the Most High, is awe-inspiring, a great king over the whole earth. Listen, God has given each one of us, I want you to see this, God has given each one of us a body, a soul, and a spirit. And all three forms have a function. The function of the body is obvious. It's our outer shell. It's what allows us to live in this world, on this planet. The soul is the mind, the emotion, the will that, 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 that lives inside of the body. The, the, the soul motivates the body. It wills the body to do things. It, it drives the body. It gives the body direction. The third element is the spirit. The spirit is the organ that praises God our creator. It, 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 it is the organ that, that leads us to know God, to reverence him, to have awe of him. That's our spirit, your body, soul, and spirit. You ever, um, you ever had a long week? I know this hadn't happened to all you, especially didn't happen to you because you are here today. You ever had a long week and your body's just tired, you're exhausted, and it's Sunday morning, and your body is saying, I don't want to go to church. I'm tired. I've had a long week. I'm exhausted. I'm physically just exhausted. And your soul, your soul has some, some other distractions that it's, it's leaning towards. And, and so your soul agrees with your body. Now, now let's, it doesn't even motivate it any. Now let's, let's stay here. Rest your body. In a spirit, that hasn't been fed praise will agree with the body and the soul. Heard a story of a husband and a wife. They were laying in bed early Sunday morning. The alarm had just gone off. The snooze alarm had gone off. The third snooze alarm had gone off. The wife looked over to the husband and said, are you, you, you going to get out of bed or are you going to go to church? She said, no, I don't, I don't really want to go today. And she's like, you have to. You're the preacher. <laughs> You have to go. It's not a true story. You don't want anybody getting the the wrong idea. Listen, the body can be exhausted. The soul can have fleshly desires. But a spirit that has been fed an awe of God will override the soul and will override the body. And the spirit will say, no, 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 listen. I know that you, soul, have other desires. I know, body, you are physical. But you need to get up and you need to go to church to be blessed and to also be a blessing. 
Listen, unfortunately, there are many who are slaves to their own body. There's nothing wrong with with taking care of our physical bodies, and and we should. Scripture uh, bears that out, that we should take care of our body. Our body is a a dwelling place. It is a a tent of uh, of God. But but the truth is, it's a shell of a body. It's a a temporary body that that is eventually going to turn to dust. They, when it turns to dust, they shouldn't have to have a front end loader to haul us off. We can be slaves to our own body. Listen, when we feed our soul, our mind, and our emotions, the junk food of this world, we shouldn't be surprised when the will to honor our Father with our lives is weak or non-existent. The sole junk food of this world starts with the letter I. Let me say that again. The sole junk food of this world starts with the letter I. You ready? I have to have it to be happy. I have to conquer it to be complete. I have to provide it to be prominent. I have to supply it to be successful. And the sole junk food of this world is like a Happy Meal. It comes with a toy attached to every single meal. With every meal, we we get a toy mirror. So that you can look at yourself and compare yourself and rate yourself with how you're doing with the rest of the world. You know how it begins to show externally when you eat junk food every day? You can't hide it. Your clothes begin to shrink. You hide when you eat junk food every day. You can't put anything in the dryer for fear it's going to shrink. You follow me? If you eat junk food every single day, listen, the external side of feeding your soul the junk food of this world is self-centeredness. That's the external sign, self-centeredness. If we've been feeding our soul these, these I foods, I have to have it to be happy. I have to conquer it to be complete. Listen, the external sign is self-centeredness. And Listen, when you become self-centered, Instead of God-centered, you become self-destructive. When you become self-centered, instead of God-centered, you become self-destructive. Look with me in Luke chapter 9, verse 24. It'll be on the screen. Luke chapter 9, verse 24. For whoever wants to save his life, we recognize this as Jesus' words, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me, because of Christ, will save it. Listen, you want to save your life? Here's what Jesus is saying. You want to save your life? Lose your life in Christ. You want to save your life? Lay your life down for Christ, in Christ. Give yourself to God in praise. And when you do, listen, you're going to find out that rather than being self-centered, rather than being defensive, rather than being angry and, 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 and envious and aggressive, listen, the spiritual juices will begin to flow in your heart. Listen to this quote by Adrian Rogers. I put it on the screen. I want you to get this. There is nothing so emptied as a self-centered life. And there is nothing so centered as a self-emptied life. Let's read that again. There is nothing so empty as a self-centered life. And there is nothing so centered as a self-emptied life. Listen, as God's Word says, praise of our Father inspires all. It is the power 
of praise in our prayer that inspires an awe of God, that feeds our spirit, that changes our soul and changes the direction our body goes. Listen, when we're overridden by our soul, we're carnal. When, when, when our soul always wins out, when the desires of our soul always wins out, we're carnal. But when we're overridden by our body, it's worse. We're, we're just wicked. So church, we must feed the Spirit with an awe-inspired praise of our Father for who He is, for what he has done. And that just takes time being in God's word. It takes time being around other brothers and sisters in Christ, hearing what God has done in their life. It takes time being taught God's word. It takes time being under the preaching of God's word to know who he is and to know what he has done. And when we learn those things, listen, it should not be enough just for us just to to file them away in the back of our mind, but it should be that it leads us to praise him. It should be that that when we see who God is, it it leads to an awe of him, a reverence of him, an overflowing love for him that drives the direction of our life and our thoughts. Psalm chapter 47, verse 2 through 4, that's what we see. Verse 2 says this, For the Lord, the Most High, is awe-inspiring, a great king over the whole earth. There's who he is. He subdues people under us and nations under our feet. He chooses for us our inheritance. Do you, do you see how much peace there is in that, that we can give awe of God, that I don't have to be stressed about my today or my tomorrows or next year because God has already chosen my inheritance. He choose, this is who he is. This is what he does, and it should, should inspire an awe of him. And it goes on to say, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. Oh, listen. Praise is pleasant to God, Father. Praise inspires awe into our spirit. But last, number three is this. Praise fortifies our faith. Praising God in our prayer strengthens us. It gives us steel. It gives us resolve in our faith. The Bible tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Back to Psalm 147, 147, verse 4. This psalm, this portion of the psalm just blows my mind. He counts the numbers. This is God. He counts the number of the stars, and he gives names to all of them. Can you wrap your mind around that for just a moment? That's our God. But listen, that's our God who said, you can call me Father, and I'm inviting you to come into, our pre- to, into my presence. Who? The God who counts the stars, and he knows them all by name. Have you ever thought about how many, I don't even know if this is a real word, a quadrillion stars are in the, in the galaxies? God counted them. He gave each seagull one of them a name. 
It's estimated by astronomers that there are 100 billion galaxies, billion with a B, 100 billion galaxies with each galaxy having somewhere between 150 billion to 250 billion stars in each galaxy. And God counted them, and God gave every single one of them a name. I don't know if your parents are like my parents, but I grew up with three brothers, Ricky, Randy, and Rusty. Y'all don't repeat that, okay? But my mom only had three names, and it didn't matter who was in trouble or what she needed. She never called us by one name. It was rip, rip, rip. With just three names. Can you imagine God who has billions upon billions upon quadrillion stars, and he knows every single one of them by name? Psalm 147, go back, look again, verse 4. He counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Our Lord is great, the psalmist says. Our Lord, he goes on, is vast in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord helps the oppressed, but brings the wicked to the ground. Oh, this is praise because of who he is. Praise because what he has done and what he is currently doing. Listen, these opportunities to praise him are precious moments that we are in God's world. Here's where we begin to see our faith strengthened. We begin to see that this is our daddy, this is our father. This is who has invited us to come into his presence. We are in his, his world. This is our father's world. Some of you might remember the old hymn called, This is My Father's World. Let me read to you two verses from this old hymn. This is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems oft so strong, God is the ruler yet. You ever been wronged? You ever felt like things in your life just wasn't unfair or just was unfair? The, the, the hymn writer goes on. He says, this is my father's world. Why should my heart be so sad? The Lord is king. Let the heavens ring. God reigns. Let the earth be glad. This is our father's world that we're living in. This isn't our world. We are not king. We are not Lord. We are not the owner of our life. God is king. God is Lord. God is the owner of our life. And this is great news. Listen, not a blade of grass moves without God willing it to move. Not a speck of dust, and this is hard for us to believe, but not a speck of dust blows without God knowing it is going to blow. Listen, a star doesn't burn out and fall without God knowing and without God saying, bye-bye, Zener 49QF3. Whatever he called the billions upon billions of stars. God knows this is our Father. This should, oh, this should give strength to our faith, resolve to our faith. And praise of our mighty Father fortifies our faith. Listen, if he knows the names of the stars, oh, this is good news. If he knows the names of the stars, he knows my name. He knows your name. And he's invited us. He's shown us this is how you pray. 
Come to your daddy. Come to your father. Listen, he knows your name. Listen, if God controls the seasons, then he can control whatever situation I find myself in. I want you to think about this. It has been said that that when we talk to God through prayer, we get the sympathy of a father and the sovereignty of a king. Think about that. When we talk to God in prayer, we get the sympathy of a father and the sovereignty of a king, of the king of kings. Listen, praise is pleasant to our father. Praise inspires awe into our spirit, and praise fortifies our faith. Let me ask you, do you know him as father? Do you know Jesus Christ as your daddy? Is he the Lord of your life? Have, have you surrendered to him and said, yes, you, you are, I know you are the king, but you are the king and the master and the Lord and the God of my life. Have you done that? Is he your father? Can you call out to him confidently knowing that he hears you when you pray? If not, give your life to him today. Scripture tells us that it is appointed once for man to die and then judgment. Let me say that again. It is appointed once for a man to die, and then at that moment, judgment. Listen, it's too late at that moment. You will declare him as Lord, but it will be too late at that moment. Judgment will happen. Give your life to him today so that you can call out to him as Father and enjoy the blessings of being his child. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. If you'd like more information about our church or have any questions regarding the sermon you just heard, we would love to hear from you. You can visit our website at www.fbcfarwell.org or send an email to info at fbcfarwell.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching FBC Farwell. It is our prayer that the sermon you listened to was equally challenging and edifying to your walk with Christ. Thank you again for listening and have a blessed week.